Hello, everybody. Welcome to Two Guys and a Mic. I'm Jason. And I'm Dan. And uh, we want to make a few announcements before we bring in our special guest, Elder Bob Corshane. Yep. Right. From Howard, Howard Middle, Meadowbrook, Meadowbrook Church, Church, Howard, Wisconsin. We're, we're in the cold armpit of the world right now. It's, we're having a blizzard. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but just to let, give you the number, it's uh, 720-835-5330. If you want to be on the show, then just type the PIN number 05800. Or if you want to call via your computer, uh, put in uh, uberconference.com slash it's two guys and a mic, and you can get on that way. Uh, a few announcements. Um, well, uh, don't forget that April 22nd, we're going to have ex-Jehovah's Witness testimonies again. Um, got a lot of people who uh, are ex-Jehovah's Witnesses, including an ex-elder that uh, hopefully will be on the show. Um, Bob, uh, Bob Gray. Bob Gray. Um, so if you're an ex-Jehovah's Witness and uh, you seem uh, to be lost in, uh, in this world right now, call in on the show next week Sunday at 3 o'clock Central Standard Time, and uh, we'll, get, we'll get you the help you need. <laughs> And uh, why don't you tell people how they can get a hold of us if they have anything? Well, just uh, get a hold of us through uh, our email. It's it's two guys and a mic at gmail.com. Or just go on our blog spot. Actually, we got a, a new website. It's a blog spot. It's uh, 2GAAM for two guys and a mic. Dot blogspot.com. And there's a little contact form there if you want to contact us. Just put your name and your email and give us a message, and we'll get it that way. Right. So let's bring on uh, Elder Bob Corshane from Meadowbrook Church in uh, Howard, Wisconsin. How are you doing, Elder Bob? Hey, I'm doing great. Uh, you, Thanks for you, bringing me on the show today. Right. Um, are you uh, shoveling all your uh, um, all the snow from everyone in the congregation? <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> so, so um, Elder Bob. Uh, First question for you is, uh, I've heard of Pentecostal before, but what, okay. exact, what exactly is apostolic Pentecostal? Well, Pentecostal apostolic is actually, the two words go together. On the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, the original church started and the Holy Ghost was poured out on that day. And Pentecostals are people who actually receive that experience. Um, the apostolic part, even in Acts chapter 2, said that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. And that's the apostolic part of that is continuing in the apostles' doctrine. And um, that's what you want to you know, continue to do to follow Jesus Christ. Now, in the beginning... In Acts chapter 1, before Jesus ascended, the Bible says that he gave them the instructions and the commandments what to do. And a lot of people might not realize this, but the book of Acts is literally the actions of the apostles following those instructions. Okay. Okay. Um, so uh, how long have you been associated with the apostolic Pentecostal? Um, religion? <clears throat> well, I, when I was 30 years old, um, I repented my sins, 
was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ like they did on the day of Pentecost, and I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now I'm 54, so if I do the math, that's uh, 24 years. <laughs> okay, that's great. Um, I was going to also ask you, uh, were you associated with any other uh, religions as far as denominations before becoming Apostolic Pentecostal? Growing up, um, we did attend the Catholic, you know, church. Um, I never did. Actually, when I was in junior high, you know, I did the first communion thing and the first confession and all that thing. Um, it used to be when you were in junior high, you got what they call confirmed into the church. Well, when I was in junior high, they actually changed that to your senior year. And by by the senior year... You know, I was nowhere to be found. Um, it's actually, we weren't like devout Catholics, if, if you know what I mean. Yep. yep. Um, I did believe in God my whole life. And the truth is, I got more out of listening to my grandma, who was a Lutheran, um, talk about Jesus Christ than I did out of, you know, the things that I was learning, the rituals and such that I was learning uh, growing up. Okay. Um... Can you uh, can you tell me how your life has changed since you've uh, become apostolic Pentecostal? Well, you know what? Like a lot of people, um, and there might be listeners out there right now that don't understand a lot of the lingo, you know, that we're talking about. But the truth is, like a lot of people, I was walking in the world, you know. Right. I was doing those things, and... Uh, I, like I said, I had a belief in God and, and those kinds of things. Just lost my moral compass and, um, you know, I was walking in the world, like I, like I would say. I felt kind of um, disheartened with the world, to be honest with you, before I even knew Jesus Christ. And I actually started reading, uh, like, a lot of self-help books and stuff. Correct. You know, I knew something was wrong. I knew something was wrong, and uh, that did help me. They can help you become a better person, but you're certainly not going to get a relationship with Jesus Christ out of that. And as I went along, I was curious about the Bible, you know, and I wanted to read the Bible, but I really didn't have a lot of understanding. So what I did was I actually went... <laughs> This is kind of funny. I went to the first page of the book, and I thought that that was a book, just like all the other books I was reading, where you start on page one, you know, and, and you read the last page, and, and then you read the story. Well, I didn't get very far. I'm like, okay, he begot him, and they did this, and, you know, I kind of looked. <laughs> I just lost interest. Right. Well, um, one day, this was over a process of a couple years, I'd say, reading these self-help books. One day at work, I was telling the guy about this great self-help book that I was reading. And he said to me, he said, you know what, Bob? There's even a better book than that. I said, really? What is it? You know, I really did want to know. Right. He said, the Bible. He said, the Bible. Oh, the Bible? Yeah. I said, these books say the same thing. Well, how did I know? I never read the Bible. You know what I mean? Right, right. I just thought if it says, if it, if it says good things, it must be the same, right? So anyway, 
he said, you know what? We're having a Bible study at our house. I'm like, a Bible study? That sounded great to me because <laughs> probably from a pros- uh, angle of being lazy, I thought, instead of me reading that big, thick story, I'm just going to go listen to someone else who already re- read it, and they can tell me what it says. <laughs> so, <laughs> he was get, you, were getting, you were getting the cliff notes. <laughs> well, yeah, so at, at the end of the – a few weeks later, I, I was able to attend that Bible study. Now, to say that is to say over those years, I realized that the whole time God was drawing me out of the world. You know what I mean? And he's drawn all men to himself is really what it is. It's just a matter of who's resisting, who's not resisting. Right. You know, looking back, like I said, I, I got sick of drinking. I got sick of smoking. I got sick of all of it. You know, I did all of it. The things that everybody does in Wisconsin pretty much every weekend. <laughs> and I shouldn't say everybody because. Yeah, I'm not a drinker. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, right now. So. Anyway, but that is how it, that is the culture in Wisconsin. I'm telling you, growing up, I didn't know anybody who didn't. And, you know, I, I would call myself, a, what I was was a weekend warrior. You know what I mean? I wasn't every night, you know, all day, every day or anything right. like that. But it got old is what I'm saying. And right. um, went to the Bible study. And then I found out you can actually, that the Bible's actually, 66 different books. You can read one book in one day. You don't get the whole gospel if you wanted to. So that that excited me. But at the Bible study, um, they were on the lesson where Jesus Christ said, you must be born again. Right? Exactly. And I'm like, I'm 30 years old at this time. And I'm like, 10 years before that, my sister had a friend who said she was born again, right? Okay. And so I'm 20 years old thinking, that's ridiculous. You, you, you see what, what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> to the right. natural mind, to, to the natural mind, that's ridiculous. And then after that, I saw a show that was beyond ridiculous. It was Oprah Winfrey, right? <laughs> that's ridiculous in itself right yeah. there. Yeah, <laughs> right there. Is pretty well, check this out, though. Check this out. Showing people curling up in a blanket and pretending they're coming out of the blanket and they're born again, right? <laughs> Seriously. Now, now, I hadn't heard the testimony of my sister's friend. I just heard born again, right? Right. And that's what they called her, Debbie born again, right? Yeah, Debbie born again. Anyway, yeah. Um, but we, anyway, um, yeah. So when I watched the Oprah Winfrey show, I thought that's what um, my my sister's friend did, and I, and I really thought that was absurd. Well, here we are in a Bible study, reading red letters, and Jesus Christ Himself is saying, "You must be born again." That blew my mind. Hey, uh, I'm like, Jesus Christ! I'm like Jesus Christ said this, right. and guess what? When what? Jesus Christ said it, the guy named Nicodemus said the exact same thing I said. How can a man be born again? Can he enter a second time his mother's womb and be born? That's that's ridiculous. Right. And then I read the part where Jesus Christ said, you must be born again of the water and of the spirit. 
Right. Hey, and, uh, and he, Elder Bob. Yes. Hey, uh, we got a caller from Sabisky, Wisconsin. Hello, caller. Yeah, uh, uh, first name only. Sabisky, first name only. Can you hear us? Uh, you ain't got it on mute, do you? Nope, it's not on mute. So, uh, Sabisky, if you want to ask the elder uh, a question, please call back. For some reason, your uh, your uh, connection ain't working. Um, elder Bob, you had mentioned uh, yes. er earlier that uh, you were uh, baptized in the Holy Spirit. Can you? Uh, right. Can you? Uh, Explain in a little more detail what you meant by being uh, baptized in the Holy Spirit. Well, exactly. And actually, that goes back to being Pentecostal apostolic. Because on the day of Pentecost, all those people were baptized in the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says they all spoke with tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. Now, tongues is simply languages. You know, like I said, the lingo that we use. Tongues sounds like this real scary thing, you know what I mean? Correct. But all tongues means is languages. And it was languages that they had never learned. It was not their natural language. And it said as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Well, when I sought for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I had the exact same experience. Okay. And uh, when you say speak in tongues, do you mean it's just a language that nobody can understand? You're just yelling out words or non-words? No, it's actually, um, the, the Apostle Paul whether, said whether I speak in the tongues of men or the tongues of angels. Okay. So in my case, over the years, I've actually had two people tell me that they, that they heard me speak Romanian. Romanian? Um, one, of them was, one of them was from Romania, and the other one happened to um, have a friend that was Romanian, and they, in conversing with them, they knew how to speak Romanian. But at the same time, I will tell you that in my prayer closet praying, I know I've spoken other languages. Now, I'm going to emphasize that the language itself is not the focus. The focus is that the Spirit is giving you the utterance or the words. Okay, that's correct. Now, um, I'm a non-denominational uh, Christian, and our senior pastor had said that... Um, for someone to speak in tongues when they're, you know, in front of others, it's not at, it's not of any use unless somebody can uh, decipher what it is you're, you're saying. Do you uh, agree with that? Well, I agree with the context of the scripture where he's coming from. The Apostle Paul was, what he meant by that was, if you're trying to minister to somebody, you don't speak in tongues because you're not ministering to anybody. Right. Um, there, there's another misunderstanding, though, that I run into a lot out there. Okay. And that is people think that because they speak in tongues that they have the gift of tongues. Okay? Whereas those are actually two different things. Okay. Now, when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it was in November of 19. I spoke in tongues like they all did, the Bible says, on the day of Pentecost. 
um, with the evidence, you know, of supernaturally speaking a language I never learned. And probably six months later, the Lord used me in the gift of tongues. Now, the difference is speaking in tongues is what is what you just said. It's edifying yourself, whereas the gift of tongues is where God will use an individual. They'll bring forth an utterance, and that utterance is to be interpreted by somebody with the gift of interpretation. Oh, okay. that, that's, the, that's the gift of tongues, and that's to edify the body. Whereas there's a lot of confusion out there that they don't know that that's actually two different things. Have you uh, um, been able to decipher uh, um, somebody else speaking in tongues? Um, actually, the gift of interpretation is one of the gifts, and I had been used in that. Oh, nice. Now, nice. The way, but the way that that works, though, is as the tongues come forth, I have no idea what they're saying. Right? Right. In, in that case, the Lord actually, in, well, I'll speak just for myself. I'll get like the first three words to say. Okay? All right. I speak those three words. If I say those three words, the rest of it just comes out of you. Okay. And then that's, that's, the, that's the message for the body. That's to edify the body. That's, is that the Holy Spirit giving you the, uh, the words? Interpretation. Yeah. Right. Hey, exactly. uh, uh, real, qu real quick, uh, Elder Bob, um, we just want to say if uh, you have a question for the elder, um, you can call 720-835-5330. You'll be asked the PIN number. The PIN number is 05800. That's 720-835-5330. PIN number is 05800. Now, there's a person from Sabisky, Wisconsin. Can you hear us or are you just listening or do you have a question? Oh, okay. Hello, Sabisky. We're probably having problems. With this blizzard going on, I'm, I'm sure the, the lines are going to be kind of garbled. But another thing, uh, one thing I wanted to ask, I mean, if I was going to be speaking in tongues, I think I'd want to speak in French because speaking in the language of love is awesome. By the way, just, just to let you know, uh, Elder Bob, I am um, an atheist. So and and he said he's a non-denominational. So it kind of it kind of a makes good for, banter. Makes, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a good banter. It's a good it's a good mix. I wanted to ask you one thing, uh, Elder Bob. Uh, who is who is your favorite disciple? My favorite disciple? Apostle or apostle or whatever. Well, the twelve apostles. Apostle. He's well, atheist. He doesn't the 12, know the difference. So. <laughs> uh, those are the ones that follow Jesus. The twelve, <laughs> the, the 12 disciples. I. I, I I can honestly say I've never even considered that. Wow. Um, I, I'm more into Jesus Christ and the Word itself. Well, I noticed, I, noticed, I, I noticed that uh, the the Christians talk about the Apostle Paul a lot. Apostle well, Paul. he wrote like two. He wrote like two thirds of the epistles, so you know we reference him a lot, but that's right. only because he was the writer of a lot of the epistles. Okay. Uh, for me, I think that one of the, be the best disciples was Thomas, because Thomas questioned everything. You know, when, someone, when, somebody, when somebody, when Jesus told him something, he questioned it. You know, I'm, I'm not going to believe until I can put my hands in the, 
in the nail prints. You know, he, he I doubted. Agree. He doubted. And I, I think that it's good to doubt. To to, to find so, answers, to look for you to look the answer look for the answers, to do the research and find out for yourself if this is true. Absolutely. One of the things I'm a real stickler. Uh, for all of this, Jason, I, I don't uh -huh. go by. As a matter of fact, in, in Romans chapter 3, verse 4, it says, Let God be true, but every man a liar, that you might be justified by your sayings, and, and that you might be judged, you know, rightly at the day of judgment. <clears throat> no man, <clears throat> I'm, I take that literal. Every man is a liar. It has to be proved by the word of God. <clears throat> and also in the book of Acts, in, um, I believe, Acts chapter 17, it says, Those were more noble than those at Thessalonica because they searched the scriptures daily to mm -hmm. see whether these things were so. I'm exactly that way. And it's, it, you know, Romans chapter 3 and verse 4. Right. That I might be able to stand when I'm judged. Oh, correct. Um, hey, we but found you know what? Thomas did find... Thomas did get his answer, though, and he fell at Jesus' feet, and he said, my Lord and my God. Well, well what, what I'm trying to say is whenever, whenever I've talked to pastors and, you know, face-to-face, uh, -face, you ask them the questions, and you just got to believe. You just got to believe. You just got to have faith. Well, Thomas ha had to see for himself, and God or Jesus showed him and he actually put his hands in there. So he actually f had the evidence right in front of him. And as far as when people tell me you just got to have faith, you can't see God, you can't hear him, you can't touch him, but you just got to believe, you got to have faith. It's kind of difficult for me to say, well, you know what, I believe that. You know what I'm saying? Okay. This is how it works, though. <clears throat> faith is the evidence of... <clears throat> I'm sorry... <clears throat> Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Right. In other words, there is evidence of God. You can't see God because he's a spirit, but the evidence of God is everywhere, and you have to believe the evidence, Jason. Now, I heard you say before, this. my heart left when I heard this, I heard you say that what you would like is to go outside on some evening, look up in the sky and have God right in the sky. I am here. Oh yes, yes, I said that. <laughs> Thomas Corchain, yes, you I did. did. Yep, you did. Yes, but you know yes. what? what? Go out there tonight, look in the sky, and God is saying, "I am here." In all seriousness, what what is it that you think you're looking at? I mean, the Bible says that the heavens declare the glory of God, so God is showing you Himself. Now, you still have to have faith, though, right? Okay. And that faith, this is what I'll promise you, Jason. Okay. Because everything that we, that we do is by faith. Now, even you said, and, and I agree with you, <clears throat> the answer is not just have faith. Come on, you're, you're, you're serious. You want to know the answer, right? Right. So <clears throat> the answer is search the scriptures, do what they say, and I guarantee you that what they say, they will do. In other words, when I learned in that Bible study that if I repented of my sins, what that meant was turn away from them, 
you know, made up my mind to turn away from my sins and follow God, if I would be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for remission of my sins, that I would okay. receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, just like they did on the day of Pentecost. Now, I didn't receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and then say I believed. I repented of my sins. I was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And guess what happened? What happened? I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> and God will do what he says he will do. But we have to believe him ahead of time before he's going to do it. Hey, um, uh, okay. Elder Bob, can you hear me? Yes. Um, we also sure. have... A we, we also have a chat line uh, if uh, people would like to ask a question. Uh, we have a, a question for you from the unreluctant. He's in the United Kingdom, so there's a little, there's a little proof that you're being uh, broadcast worldwide. So, Jason, why don't you ask the question that the unreluctant has? Well, the unreluctant says, first of all, good evening, Bob. You talked earlier about speaking in tongues. Now, there is a debate whether Mark 16, 14 onwards actually appeared in the earlier MSs. Manuscripts. Manuscripts. Let's take it as gospel for the moment. If we read Mark 16, 18, how does Bob reconcile that with speaking in tongues? Let's, uh, we're, we're going to look up Mark 16, uh, verse 18, and see what it says here. Did that, that uh, make any sense, Elder Bob? Mark 16, 18. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Mark 16, oh, It absolutely makes sense to me. Okay. If, um, by the way, nice to um, hear from you too, the gentleman from, I, I assume gentleman from the Ukraine, not the Ukraine, the United Kingdom. United said? Kingdom, yep. Okay. Anyway, let me, let me read this then. He started at 14, I believe, but right. we'll just look at the... Um, We'll look at 16 through 18 real quick. Okay. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Um, I can reconcile all of that by the evidence that it, it has all happened already. I mean, as far as that goes, I've heard plenty of testimonies, and a lot of them mainly from foreign missionaries um, when they go into other countries and things like that. But even if you look in the Bible itself, you'll see where Paul put his hand into the, the wood, and they were starting a fire, and a, a snake came out, bit him, he shook it off. Um, that that's the first example of what Jesus Christ was saying. Now, again, Jason asked earlier, who's my favorite, whatever. All men are equal. So uh -huh. if God will do that, if God will do that for Paul, he'll do it for somebody else. Um, well, so you, you got the serpents. Thing. If yep. they drink any deadly thing, I've heard testimonies, like I said, of witch doctors trying to poison foreign missionaries. And those witch doctors ended up being converted because they were astounded that the poison didn't kill these people. And laying hands on the sick, I mean, to be honest, I've laid hands on the sick and they've recovered. So, you know, I have my own testimony with that. And even in 17, it says, in my name they shall cast out devils. 
I have um, encountered that as well, and uh, it's all real. But how can you tell whether they have devils or maybe they are schizophrenic or they have just something wrong with their brain? I'm glad you asked because the truth is it's a spiritual thing. In the case I'm talking about, mm -hmm. for one thing, you have to have compassion for people, right? Right. So if you have compassion for people, you will be sharing the word with somebody. Anyway, I was teaching a Bible study to uh, – three people, and one of them was a serious um, alcoholic, right? Okay. With my compassion in my heart, I literally laid hands on him to pray for him to help him to stop drinking, okay? While I'm praying for him, he starts growing like a junkyard dog, all right? Okay. He bends over. He bends over and he's growling. I'm praying for him, and all I can explain this is really the Lord took over from my perspective. I had no fear whatsoever. He got up. He bolted out of the house. So I went outside. He turned around, looked at me right in the eye. He said, you can cast out demons. I said, okay, so let's do it, right? Right. He said, I wanted to punch you right in the stomach. I said, I'm not afraid. Okay. Well, Satan himself had tricked me into thinking that that was a compassionate thing where he didn't want to go through with it. You know, I realized that on my way home, you know, that, that I had actually been tricked by Satan. It wasn't this guy didn't want to punch me in the stomach. It was that Satan didn't want to come out of him. And also, I'll tell you this, I learned something. Because I contacted that guy, you know, afterwards. I said, I said, I said okay, so you don't want to, you know, punch me in the stomach. You don't want to hurt me. I said, if that's really the case, I said, then why don't we go out? We'll go out into the woods with a few other guys. You want this demon out of you. We'll tie you up so you can't hurt me. And then he started making real excuses. Well, everybody has demons, you know, that kind of thing. Uh -huh. Right. Um, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, people that are demon-possessed, and they're still out there today, have some of them actually have a deal with the devil. And in other words, you know what? If you straighten out your life, you're going to have to get a job because you're not going to get that disability for being an alcoholic. You know, that's just one example. Right. So I have had that encounter, and um, I, know, I know for sure it was exactly what happened in the Bible. Nope. So nope. The, other, Go ahead. the other people, um, I, I agree with you. There, there are, there's people with mental issues, legit, but I'll tell you what, most of them aren't the legit uh, mental issues that they're diagnosed with. Okay. Uh, when, when you talked about the, they will drink, whatever, and it won't hurt them, poison, poison, whatever. The unreluctant asks Correct. a question. He says, uh, the unreluctant says, so if a Christian happens to drink bleach to prove that they have the spirit, then it won't hurt them. He's asking a question. Let, oh, let, my goodness. Let, let me answer this first. Let, let me answer this first. Sure. And if you, sure. agree, if you agree with me, you know, uh, 
you know, let, let us know if not, you know, um, right. to, to the unreluctant, uh, Remember uh, in the scriptures where uh, Satan is walking with Jesus and he's showing him the kingdoms of the earth and, and Satan says to Jesus that if you bow down and uh, perform a, an act of worship to me, I will give you all these, all these kingdoms. But one of the things that Satan had asked him, he says, well, or, or made the statement, if you, uh, you know, fall from, from, this, uh, uh, from this rock, uh, isn't it uh, true that God will not let you be hurt, and you know your the angels will will uh, you know save you? So so why don't you you know fall? And and Jesus responded by saying how you don't test God. So as far as that, absolutely, yeah. Now that that's more or less testing um, God. By, yeah, and. By drinking bleach. He, he's right. I mean, that's absurd. And that also just made me, you know, it's not, you don't do that to prove whatever. But it also reminded me of those people they call snake handlers. Right. So to pick up to pick up serpents, you know. That you know are. He probably has the same, he has the same thing in mind. Well, that's not what Jesus meant. Get a bag of snakes and stick your hand in there. Right. Um what he did mean was what I said about what happened to the Apostle Paul. That was supernatural. He, he should have been dead. That snake, you know, got a hold of Paul, and the people were, were amazed why, why he didn't instantly die, actually. Right. So it's not about that. And the poison um, that I was talking about, the test. Can you hear us now? Yes. Hello? Okay. Yes. Like I said, with this blizzard going on, where where the internet is kind of uh, hinky, so <laughs> uh, it, we we do have a caller on the line from Sabisky. Can you hear us, Sabisky? What would you like to know? Um, oh, did you have a question for Elder Bob? No, I'm just listening with much curiosity oh, and okay. amazement. Okay. 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 Um, Elder Bob, uh, one question I have for you. Um, well. This ain't going to be my only question, but um, <laughs> you had spoke, uh, uh, you know, in great detail about a lot of uh, ways that God worked through you to help others. Talk about a way God helped you, maybe with your family or uh, a situation where you felt the Holy Spirit and you felt God really working for you. Oh, so many times, but I, I will tell you this, um, not that this happens for everybody, but I left work on Friday, I got saved on a Sunday, and I returned to work on Monday, a transformed person. I mean, and I'm so thankful for that. So what I did was I realized that I had neglected the one true God and actually the truth for 30 years. You know, I was 30 years old. I actually took a day off of work, and I sh shut all the blinds, and I just shut myself in with God, kind of to try to just make up for that. And, boy, did I have a time with God that day. I mean, <laughs> we say this again. I didn't know much. I mean, I, I told you I didn't know how to read the Bible when I started out, right? Correct. 
that day, God, God, through the Holy Spirit, showed me so many things that brought me to where I am today. I mean, in that one day alone. And two, two of those things were what I told um, Jason earlier. God showed me Romans chapter 3, verse 4 that day for my own good. And he also taught me the parable of the sower, the seed and the sower, and how I, 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 I literally said to God that day, I get it, God. If you don't get rooted in Christ and stay in Christ, you will fade away. And that day, I made up my mind, I'm getting rooted in Jesus Christ. Now, you're talking about other things like what God did for me and my family. Um, through the years, God made ways where there weren't any ways, okay? Right. Um, I started a machine shop in 2000, and in 2001, what happened? 9-11. I got phone calls can canceling orders, okay? Right. Um, not good. Well, we made it through that. In 2008, the collapse happened. That was actually worse than 9-11 as far as the economy went and everything like that. Right. And I'll tell this testimony. I was seeking more work. You know, you had to find more customers and end up with less work at that time. And I was at my wit's end, I'll be honest. Um, my son at the time, I think he was, um, I can't remember how old, but he was young, he said to me, Dad, you got to see this. I said, not now, Matthew. I'm busy. I'm trying to figure out how to get through this, right? <clears throat> Dad, come on, you got to see this. I said, what is it? Come on, you got to see it. I looked out the window. He pointed. He said, Dad, you see that black bird out there? He said, he said oh, my goodness, I'm getting emotional. <clears throat> but he said, that's the same kind of bird that fed that guy in the Bible. Wow. Incredible. That is neat. Um, okay. now, now, to finish this story, though, okay, that, that gave me encouragement. But I was looking, you know, I had to take care of my family, and God's the provider. And I told God, you know, God, you're going to have to help me because this is not happening. It's hard enough to get a new customer in a good economy, let alone a bad economy. So I was trying and trying. And one company said, I'll give you a chance to quote. And I'm like, great. So I quoted it, and I didn't hear from the guy. And I was getting pretty concerned because, like I said, you don't even get in a company. I mean, that, that alone would truly be a miracle. Anybody who knows, you know, how it is starting out business and things like that. Right. So I prayed to God. I said, God, if I messed up, and quoted too much. I still need the work. Amen. I got a phone call from the guy. The guy said, yeah, we're going to give you the work. Come and get it. <clears throat> I ran down to Green Bay. Now, in the first place, that was pretty amazing, right? Okay. I came down to Green Bay. The guy says, I don't know why I'm giving you this work. He said, you quoted high. I, I, I kid you not, my eyes got big, right? 
Right, right. Then he says to the forklift driver, go get him those other pallets of work, too. I didn't even quote the jobs. <laughs> wow, incredible. So I guarantee you that that was God. That, that's, and that's, that's just one of many. That's like one it. of many. I, I will also I will also tell you this. <clears throat> Early on, um, my wife and I were trying to have a child, right? Right. And there was a there was a guy operating in, in the gifts of healing that actually came. We were down in the Oak Creek area. We went to a church down there all, all this time, but um, this guy came through and. There was a line, you know, if you want to be prayed for. And people were, the deaf were getting able to hear and things like that. Well, I thought in my mind, because we were at the point where, okay, what do you do? You go to the doctor and you get something done or, you know what I mean, that kind of thing. Um, And I looked at that line and I said, if I don't have enough faith to stand in that line, then we don't even deserve to have a child. So I got in the line. I went up there. I told him my wife and I were trying to have a child and nothing was happening. All that guy did. Now, for you, Jason, that was my faith, okay? Okay. I had to have the faith to do that, right? So I waited in line, got up there, told him that. All he did, he laid his hand on my chest, said, Lord, bring the fruit of the womb to this man's home. Our daughter was born 10 months later. Incredible. Amen to that. Hey, um, well, real quick. I want to do the phone number again. Anybody out there has a question for uh, Elder Bob, call 720-835-5330. The PIN number is 05800. Um, One more thing is the unreluctant had said, um, remember when we had talked about uh, a Christian drinking bleach, um, he says, yes, you are right. It wasn't put in a good way. Let me try another way. I am not prophesying that the tongues or gift of healing never existed, but it was clear that that these gifts ceased. No, uh, no one was more charismatic than Paul. Yet the Lord revealed to him that those signs or gifts were going to cease. He says in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 8, whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. What is your response to uh, the unreluctant? As far as um, you say you, uh, you can speak in tongues when, when God gives that gift to you and healing, um, what, what is your answer to this? Well, it's pretty simple. If, if What's he called, the reluctant or unreluctant? The unreluctant. Okay. If if he continued to read on, right? It says, "For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away." Um, for when I, I when I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now, we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. And now abideth faith, hope, charity is love, these three. But the greatest of these is charity. There's still today 
There's still knowledge. There's still prophecy. There's still faith. There's still hope. There's still love. But when Jesus Christ comes, that which is perfect, we're going to be face-to-face. There won't be any need for tongues. There won't be any need for tongues and interpretation. There won't even be any need for faith and hope. Heaven is full of love, and that's all we're going to need in heaven when we're, when we're face-to-face with Jesus Christ. Um, you you got to understand uh, the unreluctant from the United Kingdom is an ex-Jehovah's Witness. I also am an ex-Jehovah's Witness, and what we were taught uh, as a Jehovah's Witness was anyone who speaks in tongues or, or uh, um, heals with the hands, we were taught that that's actually Satan, that nobody can do that anymore. And uh, That's pretty interesting. That's, um, what, that's what we were taught as Jehovah's Witnesses. Right. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Um, after I had received the Holy Spirit and after we had had our, um, our daughter, I was walking her in a stroller, you know, down the street. We lived in Milwaukee. And the car pulled up and stopped. And it was some Jehovah's Witnesses. And they're sincere people, I guarantee you that. Right. They, they started telling me, wouldn't you like to go to heaven? I didn't know their doctrine or anything. Right. Wouldn't, I said, yes. You know, yes, man. I mean, God lit me up when he, when he filled me with the Holy Spirit. I'm, I'm full of excitement for heaven. Anyway, so then they're like, okay, look at this pamphlet, you know. <laughs> I, said, I said, okay. I said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? What do you mean? Have you ever received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and spoken tongues? That sounds scary. Yep. So I said, um, I said, well, why don't you, you know, I said, I live. I, I was actually within range of my home. I pointed at my house. I said, why don't you come over? I'll be over there in a minute. I said, and we can open up the Bible. And they didn't want anything to do with that. And that, that really confused me about, you know, where are you coming from? You know what I mean? Um, here's another thing I will say. There are a lot of sincere people out there who actually have a love for God. But unfortunately, they listen to other men. Right. Not doing what Jason said, searching the scriptures to see whether these things are so. Because I've encountered people and even became good friends that think that that was for back then. You know, the whole thing. I mean, the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, even baptism in Jesus' name, why change it? There's nowhere in the Bible where it was changed. And repentance even, you know, the formula for salvation. Right. Um, and one guy told me that, well, we, we don't believe that. We think that. And my only answer that I could give them at the time was, well, it's too late to tell me that because, you know, I received it like 10 years ago. So, honestly, I thank God that I had received that before I ran into those types of people. Right. Because the truth is, the truth is, I might have bought into that and somebody might have witnessed to me this truth and I would have told them the same thing. Right. Now, you, you, you said, search, uh, like what I had said about searching the scriptures and finding the truth, why would you have to search the scriptures? The scriptures were written by man. It was translated over and over again. No telling if there's been actual evidence of people putting stuff in that wasn't there before. Um, 
Absolutely. How can, how can you trust the scriptures to be true if it's if it was written by man or translated in so many different languages so many times throughout the centuries? Well, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew and the New Testament was wit written in the Greek. <clears throat> so what I can do is take the original, you know, if there's something that doesn't sound quite right, you can search that out. <clears throat> but I know what you're talking about. I mean, one time I gave to something, I can't even re remember what it was, and like, oh, we're going to send you a leather-bound Bible. And I said, well, you don't have to. Yeah, we want to as a gift. Okay. okay. Something, I can't even remember what it was. Uh, we, we got a, we got another caller. We got another caller here. Let, let, let's uh, try. Okay. And... We have somebody from Waukesha, Wisconsin. Hello. Are you there? Hello. Can, can you turn yeah. the a volume? Hello. Can you turn the volume down on your computer? You're get, I'm getting a uh, uh, feedback. Sure. Do, do you have sure, a per, per, do you have a question for Elder Bob? Uh, no, I just had a comment as far as. Um, the fallibility or infallibility of the Bible. Okay. Um, are you familiar with how many um, manuscripts exist of very early Bible? The Dead Sea Scrolls? No, from a historical standpoint, there are over 5,800 um, early Testament and New Testament historical documents in okay. relation to the Bible. Um, are you familiar with that? No, I'm not. Okay. Uh, Elder Bob, are you, are you um, one, familiar with that? No, not, no? not okay. 5,800, whatever he's talking about. Now, so for, part from of a that, historical so, standpoint, there is so much overwhelming evidence that it is, in fact, a valid historical document from a historian standpoint, even far more than actual, you know, what general people consider historical fact like the conquest of Alexander the Great. There are less than 12 documenting his conquests. So as far as the historical authenticity of the Bible, even though it's been translated a great number of times, there are actually more physical manuscripts that you, they are, that you can go back to and reference in relation now to Now I that. know what he's talking about. He's talking about about the Bible itself from historians, and yes, I, I have heard that. <clears throat> but also, even Jason being <clears throat> saying he's an atheist, <clears throat> historically, Jason, you know that Jesus Christ walked the earth also, right? Um, Jason just left the room. He's got to check uh, the computer in the other room. Um, he always leaves when the questions are for him. Yep, yep. He's here. Uh, but I got to tell you, caller, uh, what's your first name, caller? Miles. Miles, I am so glad you called to say that because uh, if you'd have been in the studio here and saw the faces that Jason was making, uh, it's almost like a defeated look, so I loved it. <laughs> but uh, uh, I would I would strongly recommend him just if he wants to get some quick background knowledge on it, I mean, by quick, I mean he's going to read a 450-page book, but I would recommend starting and looking up the sources of A Case for Christ by Lee Strobel, okay. um, and then actually checking those sources, because uh, from a, a basic understanding of 
the Bible taken from an objective viewpoint, okay. uh, from an atheist to a Christian's viewpoint, it's right. going to answer a lot of the questions that he's going to personally bring up. And then you really have to come face to face with a lot of things. From, from a personal standpoint, I can uh, also witness that I came from a somewhat atheist perspective uh, okay. before I was converted to a Christian. And Jason, Jason's back. The reason that – okay. Keep talking, Miles. Um, and the reason that, you know, my Christian faith it became real for me is because God became my healer. He became my personal provider. And I've seen a number of things, not all of them, mind you, um, but I've seen a number of things that are written about in the Bible personally. Give me an example. Sure. Um, I, I so, know what he's talking about, too. The book he's talking about was written by a guy who was an atheist seeking to prove atheism, and he ended up converting to Christianity. <laughs> we, uh, we're we're going to have everybody who subscribes help donate so we can get that book to Jason. <laughs> Go ahead, Miles. Miles, it's go a good, ahead. It's yeah. a good read. Yeah. Well, well what's um, the name of the book again? What, what's the name of the book? It's called A Case for Christ. Okay. It's called A Case for Christ, and it's uh, very objective. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a good read if you just – if you want to understand historically why certain things are said, even down to the fact that certain things aren't recorded in other historical documents, like, for instance – Roman historians, why it's in the Bible versus not a Roman historian. And then it even goes into um, little idiosyncrasies in relation to Josephus and other Jewish scholars who talk about Jesus and his actual existence. If you've never read uh, Josephus's manuscripts, I'd also recommend that as far as proving that Jesus actually existed because the Jews wanted nothing to do other than bury him under the rug. Well, so the Jews... The Jews thought he was a, uh, a fraud. They thought he was an imposter. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't believe he was yeah. the Messiah. They, they still think that the Messiah hasn't correct. come yet. So, yes, uh, I'm correct. totally aware of that. Now, Miles, you had uh, stated earlier when you first came on how uh, you have seen certain things in your life that, uh, um, like uh, Elder uh, Bob has, uh, can you mention one of them, you know, as far as proof? Sure. Sure. Um, would you say that people who have stage four cancer, who are terminally ill, that go in uh, from one checkup to the next that are completely healed, would you classify that as a miracle? As uh, something I, I, that can't, uh, and defining a miracle as something that's, scientifically unexplainable then they go and they receive prayer and they get and then they have another scan done on their body where they have no more cancer would you say that that's now personally scientifically speaking that's yeah no uh this is dan um personally i would consider that a miracle because my previous wife passed away from cancer and when she was, when, when they caught it, she was stage four. 
and I watched as uh, daily for two and a half years. She died in front of me for two and a half years. So now I wasn't as had as strong a relationship with God at the time because I had just left the Jehovah's Witnesses. Now God, mm-hmm. God brought me to Him in a strong way after the death of my wife. Not saying that he didn't, he wasn't there the whole time. I didn't recognize him because of my Jehovah's Witness views. So personally, knowing what I've seen in my life, that would have been a miracle. No one ever. But but these doctors could be what God is pointing us to. Well, thank the doctors too. Right. We, well, we do. Uh, Elder Bob, well, what's what's what do you think? Well, I agree with that. Um, actually, God works in all different kinds of ways. I like what Dan just said, because that's kind of what I was trying to say before. Whereas when I got in a Bible study and I, and I learned, you know, more about Jesus Christ, then I realized that God was with me the whole time, all those 30 years. But God wanted to be in me, not just with me the whole time. Exactly. Um, I was in a pretty serious um, auto accident at the age of 19. I mean, the car was demolished. My friend and I both walked away. Um, The night I received the Holy Ghost, I I went back to that night. For some reason, God did that. I I should have been another statistic, uh, the stupidity of a 19-year-old, you know, driving recklessly and losing control of a vehicle. So... You can, and Jason will too, what? one day look back and say, God was with me the whole time. Um, this truth was with me the whole time. I just didn't know it. I mean, it's, it's out there. And the other thing I'd like to say to, um, I forgot what you call them in the United Kingdom. Oh, uh, the unreluctant. The unreluctant. Um if you believe, you will be, and it, it really is, that really is how it works. And the other thing I'd say, even to Jason, the Bible says, seek the Lord, just even half-heartedly, and you will find him, because it's not far from any one of us. And what do you have to lose? You've got nothing to lose by just trying God. You, you can, I've heard people do this before. And uh, I don't think God has a problem with it. God, if you're real, show me. Oh, okay. Well, like I said, he needs to show me. Uh, go outside and realign the stars to say I am here. Uh, uh, heal an amputee. Have the have the uh, that would if, if I saw somebody praying over somebody with an ampu uh, with an uh, amputated arm and their arm grows back. Wow, you would you would change me immediately immediately if that happened because that proves the power of god because god can do anything like i've heard christians say he can do anything he can heal the sick but no one ever seems to say he can heal an amputee or if somebody has uh some debilitating disease let's say uh what's this uh the the jews uh with the tay-sachs is a, a disease mainly in the jewish community where the child doesn't even reach five years old, and he dies a horrible, excruciating death. Why did God give him that? 
these these are the questions that come to my mind and and is is he not listening is he just doesn't care what what's the deal well that all goes back to um the this disobedience of man that's when sin and sickness and everything else entered the world we're responsible for all this garbage in all seriousness the other thing though that we all have to look at is our life is but a vapor and compared to eternity that that five years isn't really that long as far as you know that goes i understand what you're saying about pain and suffering that's all because of us that's not because of god he allows it but also if there were never any sicknesses or anything like that where would the opportunity for god to show himself healing like like what you're looking for you know where would that come about the other thing i will say is in america the odds of you seeing that are pretty slim but but if you would travel to africa or you know other third world countries like that that's happening all the time now to say that though i'd also like to say this put your own hand in front of your own eyes right now and you tell me where that came from mankind in all their technology and all their knowledge still can't come close to a tool like your own hand did you uh mention anything about the chat lines what yeah, people yeah. are saying yeah um hey uh elder bob and uh, do we still have miles on the phone i think miles is still on you on the I am, I'm, I'm being polite i i don't want to intrude so, oh, did you have a comment on, on what he just said? Sure. I mean, I mean, uh, in relation to um, when you look uh, for his comment on his hand, if you even take it on a biochemical level, if you look at bio at biochemistry and you look at the creation aspect in biochemistry, it's absolutely fascinating when you take it down to an atomic level. And you look at it in relation to how modern science defines evolution, but then you look at the individual different types of creatures and how, for instance, uh, a great thought on that is like the bombardier beetle and how it actually produces uh, hot steam. I guess that's a little too complicated, but when we look at people, just how they're created and how they're just marvelously, wonderfully designed and just all the different things like the complexity of the optic nerve, um, that tells me as far as partially that, that, that in conclusion with all the other overwhelming evidence that there is a God. And I think a, real, a lot of the reasons why just to Bob's comment that people don't, you know, that you haven't seen an amputated arm prayed for is because the person who has the amputated in the arm in the church, the people in the church, because they haven't personally witnessed it, uh, don't go up to that person to pray that their arm would come back because there's a lack of faith there. You know, if you don't have faith Amen. for something to happen, if you don't have faith for something to happen, it's not going to happen. Exactly. Because now people pray... Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, you go. Sorry. Go, no, go ahead, Miles. Because people people feel comfortable praying for a sickness that they can't see because they can't see it. 
and they have faith for it to be healed, so it is healed. Like, for instance, mentioned that disease earlier, that's a real thing. One of my good friends, he had, you know, he's had like a couple of heart attacks and a massive stroke, and God literally brought him back to life. Now, was there medicine involved too? Yeah, but if I told you the entire story of how somebody even got to him, how he got to the hospital and how he was in the stroke unit, and the nurse just stood there staring at him for 20 minutes because she'd never seen somebody recover, and that's because a ton of people were praying. Or how another guy who I know of who dropped dead in an airport, was dead for 50 minutes, his blood started to coagulate, then people prayed and he came back to life. That's, that's, in my eyes, is at least as great as an amputee having their arm grow back. And um, uh, the last, those two ha- are medically documented. And um, the one I can tell you who he is, so that way you can look it up yourself. Yeah, well, yeah well, why don't you mention that name? Uh, Lee Stone King. Look up his testimony. He has medical documents to go with it. Stone King? Stone King, yeah. He's, uh, he's British, too, um, I think. So. Now, I was going to bring this up uh, for Elder Bob, um, but you, you already uh, answered that uh, question, Miles. But uh, a few weeks back, we had Pastor Tom Corshane from uh, Tennessee on, on the uh, show. Um, now, Elder Bob, now, that actually is your first cousin, correct? Correct. Um, one of the things that were mentioned that was brought up by Jason, by Mr. Jason here, he had uh, mentioned, well, what about uh, amputees? Yeah, we just talked about that. Oh, you did? We just talked about that. Yes, we did. So uh, guess what? I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> well, when you were talking about that one verse where it says they will, they will handle serpents and they won't die if they get bit, there's been people down south right in, these, in these Baptist churches that are handling rattlesnakes and dying when these rattlesnakes are biting I them. think, yeah, you weren't in the room at the time. I think, yeah, you were, we, we covered all of that. That's absurd. Oh. Yeah, so you're trying to um, be quiet. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, um, what Jesus Christ was talking about, I gave the example of the Apostle Paul, you know, out, out in uh-huh. the mission field. They were, they were starting a fire. He, he stuck his hand in yeah. Okay, you did hear that part. Mm-hmm. So that's what Jesus Christ is talking about. He's not talking about getting a bag of steaks and sticking your hand in there. So So that was pretty absurd yeah, we and stupid. That. It was pretty absurd and stupid for them to do that. For Absolutely. This. Ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> well the the unreluctant mentioned drinking bleach. Right. I mean there's same, people that are drinking. difference. There's That's people, not what Jesus Christ was talking about. Well, so, some uh, scholars... Go to that amputee thing. Uh-huh. Go ahead. The amputee thing, though, is what I was saying is you're probably not going to witness that in the United States of America because our first thought is take a pill. Our second thought is call a doctor. Now, doctors, God works through doctors, believe me. Um, but the faith element... All those people having those third, third world countries is Jesus Christ. And when they turn to him, he does it for them. Well, it doesn't seem like God's helping them with the AIDS crisis in Africa. Millions are dying over there. Yeah, that's a man that's a man is spreading that disease, not God. Well, there are some there are and some is, there are and, some 
Animals. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you that he is helping some of those people. Back to what Miles said, who have faith in Jesus Christ. Exactly. I agree with that. Miracles are happening. Miracles are happening all over the world like crazy. Now, um, I want to give any anybody listening uh, a chance if they would like to ask uh, Elder Bob a question. Or, hey, uh, if you have uh, something for Miles, too. Um, our number here is 720-835-5330. And you're going to be using the PIN number 05800. 720-835-5330, PIN number 05800. You can uh, ask Elder Bob a question or uh, even uh, Miles. Well, let me ask uh, Elder Bob a question. I, I was doing some research on the Apostolic Pentecostals, and the name Kim Davis came up. Do you know who Kim Davis is? Who? Kim, <laughs> Kim, Kim, Kim Davis. I she, can't say that I do. Okay, it's Kim, a pretty large uh, right. organization. She was Kim, the... Uh, Go ahead, Miles. I believe that was the person for the uh, the uh, courts, uh, the court thing a few years back. That right for same she sex. She would not approve the uh, gay, she would not approve the gay marriage. Yeah, uh, marriage. She wouldn't oh, give okay. marriage marriage licenses to, to to gay couples. In what state was that? Uh, it was in Kentucky. Do you agree with that, Elder Bob? Do I agree with what her that, not doing it or that uh, uh, homosexuals should not be given marriage licenses if they want it? Well, I do know this. The society is heading the wrong direction. And if, if they're going to make quote-unquote laws that are condoning that, then that's up to them. But in the eyes of God, they're not married. She had her own convictions that she couldn't do that, right? right. And if I was in her position, if I was in her position, I'd have the same conviction. But I'll tell you what, Yeah. this is my viewpoint on that. I was on the same wrong road as they are because I was a fornicator before I came to Jesus Christ. So at the end of the day, we all need to repent of our sins. We all need to turn to Jesus Christ. We all need to be baptized in his name for the remission of those sins. And we all need to be filled with his spirit so that we can walk the way God wants us to walk in in the in the spirit and not in the flesh. The Bible's clear that 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 that's the flesh, and the, and the Bible's clear that that's not God's design. Right. I heard a uh, non-denominational pastor um, say it uh, real plainly: "Hate the sin, love the sinner." But that's what my point is. That's every sinner. Right. It, it's getting it's getting rampant now because people are even getting more confused. Okay, you're, you're going to see more and more of it as people get more and more confused. But the Bible says, as the day as in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the end. And God destroyed the earth the first time because all that people had in their heart was evil continuously. Mm -hmm. So, if no one ever teaches people. The truth, they're never going to know the truth. And for me, I, I could still be walking on that wide, broad road that leads to destruction. Right. And uh, you know, somebody taught me, somebody shared the truth with me, 
And the the word of God is what's quick and powerful and, and, and is what changes lives. No person is going to change another person. I guarantee it. And the thing, too, is uh, with all, all these, uh, I call them snowflakes. These are these people that they're, they're uh, they don't want the truth said to their face because it hurts their feelings. Well, oh, absolutely. Uh, uh, nowadays, um, people are getting away with uh, so many different levels of sin, I would call it. Because people are afraid to just outrightly say, you know, that is wrong. And because okay. and everybody wants to sue everybody, you know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. Now, here's something about that. While I'm walking in the world, I'll be honest, I, I forgot all about the word sin. You know? Right. When, when you were a kid, you heard that word. You go out on your own, nobody's even using that word. Right. So one thing God did do for me, though, um, he put it in my heart to make it right with my wife and to get married. I had that much in me that I knew that, that the difference between that, you know what I mean? Right. Um, and, and I was glad about it, and I did it. And that was before I ever got in a Bible study because God truly is trying to lead people to the right direction, and that's him. Um, but without without anybody teaching anybody anything, each generation, if you look at it, each generation is more lost than the one before. Oh, definitely. When I was, when, when I was still a kid, okay, I saw most of my classmates at church, or they went to the church down the street. You know, you saw them on, on Sunday. Now, and, and then there would be that one or two that wasn't. Now it's flip-flopped. Right. I mean, and, okay, who's who's to blame? It's the parents. Each generation is losing their grip on, you know, what's right and wrong. And that word sin, well, that's a swear word to the world now. Yeah, so, it, it's it's starting no, it's to get a, washed away. It's not a swear. People just don't acknowledge it. They don't call it sin. Um, be, before. Uh, oh, but if you say it, if you say it, a lot of people they get fired up. Now let let me tell. Let me say this to Jason. Yeah. The first Bible study I taught Jason. Uh -huh. Was to a homo was to a homosexual. Mm -hmm. And before God got a hold of my life, I wouldn't have came anywhere near that. You know what I mean? Um, okay. Well, just I care. Just to let you know, Elder Bob, I'm not homosexual. It was just a question that I asked. It kind of made well, it I'm still like... willing to teach you. <laughs> hey, I'm still willing to teach you a Bible study, Jason. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely would not be sitting in the same room <laughs> this close. <laughs> I mean, I believe everybody should have a chance to to live their life the way they want to. I mean, there's there's kids out there that say, "Hey, uh, there's, there's kids out there." Guess that's, what, Jason? What? We do. We do all have a, the choice. Right. Thank and, God for it. And there's some. I, and there's, and there's I some... chose. I chose Christ. That's... And I, I had other people say to me, "Oh, you can't go to the bar because you're a Christian now." <clears throat> Guess what? I could go to the bar, but I choose not to. There's you some... know what? <clears throat> I live that. <clears throat> I live that life, and I followed Christ, and following Christ is a lot better. Hey, um. There... Okay, wait. Go um, ahead, Jason. 
I just want to say, uh, just because uh, you don't have to be a Christian to live a good life. I mean, there's people that I've known that have lived, that have been married for 40, 50 years, never cheated on their wife, never did drugs, helped people, uh, and, and, and weren't Christians. So are you saying that when, I'm glad they, you brought that up. when they died, did they go to hell, even though they were good people here on earth? Yeah, you know, good, nobody's good enough, and, and that's the problem. Now, those people, though, if, if somebody shares the gospel with them, they have the same opportunity to, for, to make heaven. Um, I'll, I'll talk to you then. It sounds to me, Jason, like you're a little familiar with the Bible, even though you, you say you're an atheist, right? Right. Well, I was a Southern Baptist at one time. Okay, so do you know about Cornelius in Acts chapter 10? I'm, uh, I, no, I'm not. Okay, Cornelius, he was a Gentile, not a Jew in other words. Uh-huh. And that guy, that guy was as good as it gets, my friend. He was devout. He feared God with his whole house. He gave a lot of money, and he prayed to God all the time, the Bible says. God, God sent an angel to that guy to tell him to send for Peter because he, he told him, he said, Peter's going to tell you what you ought to do. He sent for Peter, and at the end of the chapter, that's in Acts chapter 10. If, if you do have a Bible, you can look this up. Cornelius and his household received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and Peter commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for remission of their sins. So if you know these people, because I, I know what you're talking about. I mean, I, I know, you know, a lot of people that are, quote-unquote, good people. Um, if you know those people, you know, let them get the opportunity. I mean, you can have them call me. I mean, if they're in the right. area or I can hook them up with somebody else, you know, to share this truth with them, just like Peter told them what they ought to do. They would have that opportunity to know what they ought to do, and they probably would. Um, I got uh, something I want to say that uh, the unreluctant has something he wanted to say to Jason. Uh, Jason had uh, mentioned earlier, he goes, trust me, I'm not a homosexual. But the unreluctant says, are you sure, Jason? I've seen your pink fluffy slippers. I'll tell you, I don't know how he knows. I don't know how he knows this, but I am wearing slippers right now. Yeah, but hey, they're not fluffy and pink. Miles, did you have any any comment on what we were talking about? I do. Um, Go ahead. So one of the things that I noticed that you said is you believe that all people deserve to live exactly how they want to. Correct. Say again. I'm sorry. I was about to grab some coffee, but go ahead. Uh, Jason said something to the effect that you believe that all people should live exactly how they want to, correct? Yeah, that's right. That's what I said. Okay. I, 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 I don't think you necessarily believe that statement, and here's why. Um, so do you believe that somebody with murderous predispositions should live exactly how they want to? Well, well let me revise a little bit. As long as it's not hurting anybody else. They, they can live their life any way they want okay. to. Or breaking laws. Or breaking laws. I mean, if there's a law that says don't murder, then don't murder. But, I mean, somebody who... who okay. You know what I mean? Go ahead. So, uh, you know, I mean, if you look at... I mean, when you look at things like that, then it gets really tricky, too, because then if you're saying if it's not hurting anybody else, 
Well, that's one of the things that our society is deeply entrenched in today, right? Is what, what is moral and what is immoral? And we're seeing a, a small percentage of the population dictate what is moral and what is immoral. And the further we seem to get away from what the Bible dictates as morality uh-huh. and what the Bible dictates as immorality, society seems to be getting crazier. Um, for instance, there's an article that stated that there's a college campus that has banned the word or the use of the word man because they find it offensive. <laughs> um, That's a feminist, right? There. You know, I mean, it, well, it, that's it is, and it's a, it is. That's, I mean, that's the world we live in, and it's just getting to Bob's point. It's getting so far out of whack, and you know, I mean, I know my pastor right now. He has a Bible study with uh, a homosexual couple, and you know, he's still preaching the truth to them. And uh, but you know, again, to the point, love the sin or love the sinner, love the sinner, hate the sin, but still express that love to them and just show them that way um as far as as far as what the uh comment in relation to you know the people that live great lives i mean that's awesome that's awesome but the bible says that all have fallen short of the glory of god and that includes everybody save one which is jesus so irregardless i don't think there's any person well there isn't any person in the world that can't say that they haven't lied, they haven't cheated, they haven't stolen, they haven't done something that violates an infallible law and a law that's constant and a law that doesn't change. And because of that, irregardless of who you are, you're found guilty of that law. The, the good thing about it is, is it's consistent. There's a consistent path out, which Bob actually described earlier. And if you follow it, you're able to get out of the penalty. Right, but what you're saying is, even though the person lives a good life, if he doesn't accept Jesus, he's going to hell forever to suffer, even though he he was a good person in, in this life. It just, I mean... Yeah, but here's, well, here's what so it is. Where, where, what is your basis? What is your basis well, let's look of at it, look at it this a person way. who lives a good life? Well, let, let, let me put it to you this, this way. Let's let let's see. Uh, find some. Let's say a uh, person's a Hindu, and uh, they follow their religion. They're they're good to their to their kids. They love their wife. They they live a wonderful life as a Hindu, and they end up dying and going to the Christian hell. As opposed to let's say I'm, I'm just using this as a example, Hitler, who killed six million Jews, God knows how many Russians and Poles or whatever, before he dies. He accepts Jesus as his savior, and he gets to go to heaven. How is that fair? How was it fair that Jesus Christ died on a cross for the sins of everybody? The, the thing is, is you're using a moving ruler to gauge people as far as whether they're good or not. You know, if you can honestly say that you know the heart of a man, and whether they're good or not, you, you can't do that. And you can't even do that for yourself. You don't even know your own heart in actuality. But, yes, if Hitler followed the plan of salvation, he would be saved. And I wish hell on nobody. I wish hell didn't exist personally. Okay, um, let me give an but, example. Go ahead, Bob. Let me get – yeah, he, here's my example. When I read the Bible, first of all, here, here's what it boils down to. 
if any person could be good enough, then Jesus Christ went and went through what he did, not just died on the cross. He took a, the worst beating any human ever took before. He wouldn't have had to have done that if, if, it, if it was humanly possible to live that good of a life, quote-unquote. Um, but the other thing is you mentioned murder. Um, I was astounded when I was reading the Bible in Galatians. It literally says there's a bunch of things in there, people that cannot inherit the kingdom of God, but drunkenness and murder are side by side. That's in Galatians chapter 5. I mean, my drunkenness is was taking me to the same place as someone else who did murder. So to, to your point about the Hindu, Jesus Christ is the one who died for the sins of the world, not Buddha. Well, according to them, um, according so, to them, Buddha died for their sins. So who's right? I mean, the Muslim God could be correct for all we know. Actually, I believe it's Brahma. Brahma was the one that was split in creation for Hindi. Right. Um. Le hey, let me ask you. There's actually no record of of any of those dying for the sins of the world. Um. Le le no, there's no. I, <laughs> I'm just sorry. Okay, I got a question for Elder Bob, and then I also want Miles to answer this question also, if you have an answer for this. This is a, a legitimate question the Unreluctant had brought up at, during past shows. And he, he wants to know for his own personal belief. The question the Unreluctant asks is, <clears throat> at what point... In the creation passage was hell created if it was created during the initial passage of creation does this mean that God had a plan B for Adam sinning thus does this mean that God preordains and predestines man's destiny first for first you elder Bob. Gonna, yeah what? and I'm gonna answer that and say I I'm going to answer that and say I don't I don't know exactly what I was created. Okay, that's that's good. How about you, uh, Miles? Um, if we look at the creation part, the first thing you have to understand about hell is hell was never created for people. Um, hell was created for Lucifer when Lucifer sinned, which was before the existence of man. So that's the first part you have to look at. If we if anything, um, it doesn't exactly specify when the creation of hell was. If you wanted to speculate, um, I actually don't even want to go there because I, I honestly don't have a conclusive answer. I just have exactly. a guess. So I just have a guess of when it was talked about in that story. And it's when, and it talks about darkness in the face of the deep. But I will not state that that is when hell was created. Hell was, I, I don't even necessarily, I don't believe necessarily that Adam in his hell is in hell. I don't know who's in hell. You know, that's God and God is judge. But hell was never created for man in the first place. When man chose to sin and then continued to live in sin and continues to sin and doesn't follow the specific dispensation, the dispensation, what I mean by that, is time period of salvation when man cho chooses not to follow the salvation plan of the specific dispensation 
then they in turn go there. But that is their own choice. That's not God. God had a plan in the Old Testament for salvation. He has a plan in the New Testament, which we're currently living in, in salvation. And then he has a plan um, post-tribulation, past Armageddon, during the final thousand-year reign of salvation. So he has a plan of salvation during those specific dispensations. Elder Bob and Miles, where is hell? Is it the center of the earth? Or Nobody knows. It doesn't say in the Bible where hell is. It doesn't say that. Um, and I'm not the kind of person that, like Miles said, to speculate on things to me right. is just not right. I, I, I've heard from several pastors, especially Southern Baptist pastors and historic Baptists, that hell is in the center of the earth. Um that's what I was taught growing up. Right. Well, my question is, if hell's in the center of the earth, and the earth is soon going to experience a heat death because the sun's going to blow up and it's going to destroy the earth, where are those people going? I, I think it's like five billion years. I think the sun is already halfway through its life cycle. In another five billion years, the sun's going to go out and everything's going to get destroyed. And where's hell going to be if it's in the center of the earth? Are they going to have to relocate it? Well, I'll say this. Um, there wasn't any such thing as rain before God destroyed the earth the first time with water. Mm -hmm. So God doesn't God doesn't have to wait for the sun to do its thing. He can speak the word, and this, this earth is going to melt with a fervent heat. So where hell is, I don't know. And like I said, I'll never, I'll never speculate because, all that does is create confusion for people. Right. Right. And it's actually something hell, we don't have to know. Here, here's the key. Here's the key. If hell is in the center. Oh, sorry. Miles is Miles is correct. Hell wasn't made for man. God doesn't choose hell for man. Man chooses hell over God. But the bottom line is, wherever it is, you don't want to go there. What, what, do you have a comment if there, Miles? If hell was in the center of the earth, there is a there's a place that the Bible specifies at the end of Revelation, mm -hmm. and they call it the Lake of Fire. Now, those are two specifically different places, because death, hell, and the grave are all cast into the Lake of Fire. So your point on the sun, if for some reason hell was in the center of the earth, uh -huh. let's say for for your theory, let or for for people's own thoughts, let's say that it was in the center of the earth. Right. It is at it is during judgment time going to be cast into a place called the Lake of Fire, where that's not specified where that is either. Well, I got Biblically some. Speaking. I got some information for you guys. I happen to cool. know. I happen to know exactly where hell is. If you go to Cole's shopping store, department store on Black Friday, <laughs> you will be in hell. <laughs> so what? What's that? <laughs> that was Dan, right? Yes, yeah, it was. Dan. You know what, Dan? What? Um, so you've been in hell. That's <laughs> <laughs> no. And the thing is that I think, and that was comical, right? But yeah. I think that 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 that's the view of what society thinks hell is too, and and that's a big part of the problem. Um, 
they don't think of it as the lake of fire where you don't want to go. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. we use hell too lightly in that sense. And hell is a serious thing, and people just want to avoid it. So Yes, definitely. It's like, I, I think you understand what I'm getting at. Yeah, I definitely. We talk about hell way too lightly um, compared to the reality of what it really is. Well, right. you know, and, we talked well, about this before, Elder Bob. You know, uh, nowadays, the new generation, they don't want to talk about the tough times. They only want to talk about the good. Uh, that's why. Yeah, right. That's why when it comes down to uh, what God considers a sin, they don't want to hear it. it. Especially if they're doing one of those things themselves. If you bring it right to their attention and say, "Hey, right here in the Bible it says this is a sin. You should not be doing this." They don't want to hear that. They only want to hear about the good. And that's part of the signs of the times. Exactly. Hey, if any uh, callers uh, listening would like to get on the on the show, maybe you got a question for Elder Bob or even for Miles. Uh, our number is seven two zero eight three five five three three zero. Our pin number is zero five eight hundred. Um, we're gonna uh, keep the show going for another five, maybe ten minutes. But uh, one thirty, an hour thirty four. Us about another fifteen minutes. Yeah, about another fifteen, I guess. Um, once again, the number seven two zero eight three five five three three zero. Pin number zero five eight hundred. If you have a question for Elder Bob or even Miles, or just go in the chat room and and put the question in there like the unreluctant is doing. Now I have a, a question. Ben, I, I, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I have something to say for Jason um, from my perspective. I'm right here. <laughs> yeah okay i'll never pronounce anybody to hell uh-huh i'll also i'll also never pronounce anybody to heaven because either way i'm making myself god exactly. and that's totally wrong and people they they don't like it if you say you know somebody's not going to make heaven but at the same time nobody has the right to pronounce people in heaven, right? Yep. Um, now, heaven's our hope, but to say that somebody is in heaven, I don't care who it is, um, is not proper. It's, it's just not right. Jesus Christ is the righteous judge, and we hope for heaven, but to pronounce people in heaven is just as wrong as pronouncing them to hell. Right. So what what you're saying, um, Elder Bob, it's very interesting that you're saying this because I've also heard other pastors speak this way, saying that uh, um, there's a lot of power in our words, um, especially as a Christian. Um, so what you're saying is, you know, like uh, um, different times in life, somebody might get mad at another person and they say, go to hell. That's what you're talking about. Wow. You, you, you can't say things like that because uh, the angels take the, our words literally. Correct? Okay. You are correct about that. I mean, I guarantee you I've never told someone to go to hell since I got saved, okay? Right, right. Um, but, but that's not really what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say every funeral I ever went to in my life, the... Whoever the speaker was said they're in heaven now. Now that speaker has no more right 
to pronounce somebody's in heaven now than they do to say that they're in hell. Because they're not God. Heaven's our hope. I had to do two of my brother's funerals. Okay? You know what I did? They're in the, hand, they're in the arms of God now. They're in God's hands. Yeah, I, he makes I can't a final pronounce decision. anybody. Right. Our hope is heaven, but God alone, it makes the final judgment. That's my point. Now, Miles, um, we know that Elder Bob is from an apostolic Pentecostal church. What uh, church are you from? Are you uh, non-denominational? Uh... Catholic? <laughs> I was raised Catholic, but I, uh, I know Bob. Oh, so, you know Bob? Yeah, we go to the same church. Oh, you do? Okay. Well, good. Yeah. I have, I have a question yeah. for both of you then. Um, since uh, you've said that the Bible is God's word and it's true, and it seems to me that the Bible is a little vague on a few issues. Um, two things. Um, when Jesus was resurrected, there was uh, 500 witnesses to this or something like that. Am I correct on this? 500 witnesses? What? 500? He walked around, uh, he he walked around for 40 days. Men. Right. No, he, wa he walked around for 40 days after the resurrection right. and was seen by 500 at one time. Okay. So he was actually seen by more than 500. Okay. Now, where are the testimonies of these people that said that he was alive? Oh, I got a great answer to that. If you oh. if you want to, you can go first. Uh, Bob. Well, the testimony is right in the Bible. What of you all, just quoted of all five hundred. All right. See, so here, here's my here's my response. Way. If you're looking for the testimony of those five hundred, right. today you'd have to be looking for the testimony of of billions. You know, over time. So well, with the internet, we can that do what that. You're looking for with the age of the internet, we can do that. Well, see, you got to understand, Jason, being an atheist, he wants a police report stating that Jesus walked around and was resurrected. Well, because he doesn't Jesus believe Jesus was not the only one who was resurrected <laughs> that day. Or no, I'm sorry, I take that back. My my error. When Jesus died on the cross, supposedly, people in the city rose up from their graves and started to greet Correct. and started to greet people that they knew. Why didn't these people write this down and say, Oh my goodness, a guy that's been dead for three or four years has just got out of his grave and he's talking to me. Why didn't these people write this stuff down? That would have been ample evidence sure. for people to believe. Okay. Well, maybe so for one thing, did you did. hear what I, did you hear what I said about the uh, 5,800 manuscripts that right. were, right. that are, of historical documents right so those are collaborative the the early testament writings uh -huh. are, co are are essentially it's a collection of the same writing over and over again and there are more of that that's circulated through the church now as far as people specifically writing about this act you have to take into it you, there are a couple of things that you're not taking into account one that society was nowhere near as literate as we are today, for one. Right. For two, the people that would have written about it at the time, like the church, the early church was extremely suppressed. 
the early church was ex extremely suppressed. So most of those documents probably would have been destroyed talking about the resurrection. For three, the people who were literate at the time were the ones that were trying to suppress it. Okay. Then you have to, and the people that were literate enough and enough of those documents survived, that's essentially the New Testament things that we have today. And also you have to take into account what's going to be preserved. Is it, are the documents of the firsthand or secondhand accounts going to be preserved and trying to be kept for thousands of years? Or are these people that said, hey, you know, I saw this really cool thing that happened today. I mean, if you look at our own news, that's extremely documented. And if we went around, like, looking at the big major events, 10, 20 years, 50 years from now, all of a sudden the details start to get a little mucky. And things aren't necessarily as well-preserved. Even if you look at, I have newspapers from, 1940, um, when World War II, and I can already see the deterioration on those manuscripts. So any non-significant role or person that didn't have a significant role, those documents wouldn't have been preserved or even tried to be preserved. So there very well might be those documents out there, but they're just not of really any relevance. Well, sure, they're of, sure they're of relevance. I mean, if, if somebody's if somebody's kin uh, rose up out of the grave after being in there for a long time, that's really significant. Well, um, remember, it is, but, but I, I think you're missing the point. Like as far as those documents surviving and as far as those documents specifically pointing to that event, it's, it, it would be, it'd be very, it would be very hard, if not impossible to find. Well, the I, thing is, can I say something? Sure, go ahead, something? Bob. Go ahead, Bob. No way, Bob. No, I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> go ahead. Well, really, why don't we take the testimony and the witness of the apostles and the disciples who went to their own death for Jesus Christ? I mean, that's even more powerful, if you ask me. These people... But they didn't rise were again. Were boiled, were tortured. They were sawn asunder. They were, you know, they went through all of that for Jesus Christ. And some people are still doing that today, by the way. But I want to ask Jason a question. Go ahead. You said you were raised uh, Southern Baptist. Correct. Did you, did you ever have any faith in Jesus Christ? There's a lot of silence here. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't think so. I don't. I don't think I did. You don't think so? I don't think I did. No. I I I prayed to him. Never got an answer. Uh, things happened in my life where God. I wish God had been there, but He wasn't. Friends died at a young age of diseases that could have been prevented, and He wasn't there. So, I guess you could say no. I didn't have faith in Him at all. Well, you, you, you actually did have faith if you prayed to him, um, but you're, you, you, basically, you, you basically pushed him off because he didn't show himself the way you wanted him I, to. I prayed and got no answer. Um, I've had friends whose families would pray for them. One had cancer, prayed for him and prayed for him, 
everybody, the whole church was praying for him. He died. It just seems like, and of course, you have somebody in the same church who, I guess, is sick and God heals them, but doesn't heal the other person in the same church. It just, it seems like God is picking his favorites or, I don't know, picking people at random. I don't know. It, it just seems, it's very confusing. And, and God said he's not the author of confusion, but it seems pretty confusing to me. I, I understand what you're saying. You, you're confused about, you're confused about, I'm going to just say stuff, because it sounds like you're confused about society and all of this stuff, and you want God to just snap his fingers and make us all robots and everything's well, he is God. going to be cool. He is God. He can do that. Well, I know, but here's the here's the key to that, though. He He gave us free will, and that goes back to that question that, or actually statement that you made, that you believe that everybody should be able to live however they want to. Um, as long as they're not hurting anybody else. Yes. We have that free will, but God says, choose this day who you're going to serve, yourself or him. And he says on one end is blessings, on the other side is cursings. So you still, I, you know, you might not have a lot, but you have a little faith somewhere deep inside. And, uh, I mean, I just think that there's a lot of hope for you yet. I'm just going to say it that way. I don't, I don't mean to, I don't say that to be offensive. Oh no, no, I'm not offended um, at all. I'm not offended at all. Just, hey. I, I, I'm, I, you know, I'm 46 years old. I've had a wonderful life. I got two great kids and a wonderful wife, and everything's going great. And I didn't need God to do it. That, that you know, that's what I'm saying. Well, yeah, but you're living right yeah, now. Yeah, but there's some people who What happens who have when you God, die? You're going to need people, them then. There's some people who believe in God or, or go to church or do whatever, and they're getting divorced. They're cheating on their wives. Uh, uh, kids are dying. Okay. Hey, I'm glad you brought that up, my friend. Okay. Go ahead. Because, because a true believer, someone who truly believes, wouldn't be cheating on their wife. Um, there is a difference between someone who professes Christ and truly believes in him, and a true believer follows Jesus Christ. Yes, um, there, there is even, a difference. Even if they're pastors or, or, or Absolutely. church authorities. Absolutely. You, you see it in the news all the time. Pastors cheating on their wives, Absolutely. pastors molesting children. It's, it's, it's awful, and I think that's what turns a lot of people off. That's what turns a lot of people off by religion. I agree. Yeah. Um, oh, hey, you got it. I, I, I want to go so, back. So here's, here's what I'm trying to say. Okay. I have my own relationship with Jesus Christ. Right. That's, that's what gets me through life. What, what other people do is really up to them and on them. Don't lump all people who profess to be Christians into the into true Christianity, you know, right. it's true that pe that people fall and such. But someone who's walking, someone who acts like the world, talks like the world, um, lives like the world, is the world, no matter what they call themselves. The Bible says, 
walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. Adul you, what you're calling is adultery, and that goes back to Galatians chapter 5. Guess what? Adultery is in that list. Mm -hmm. Shall not inherit the kingdom of God. The works of the flesh, it's called. So right. being a real Christian is somebody who actually follows Christ. And do you know that they were first called Christians in the book of Acts? It says at Antioch. That was actually a, a derogatory word because they were actually following Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know what I mean? We we call that here. In the United States, if they did a survey, most of the people would say they're Christians. You know why? Because why? they're not Buddhist or Muslim. Right. That's not what a Christ that's not what a Christian is. They lump everybody together. So Yeah, don't lump Everybody yeah, together. There's some people that say Catholics are Christians. So they just—it's just one of those words. You know, like it's, it's a universal word that people use to describe that type of religion. Right, because you're not a Muslim or a Hindu. Correct. You know what's left? Oh, I got to pick one of those. Um, and this is what I found out for myself. I mean, I'll tell you right now. I thought I was a Christian. Right. Okay. Sure. I—I I didn't even know. I didn't have a clue about following Jesus Christ. I thought I was a Christian because that's what they called me. Well, that's what you grew up so, with. Hey, let me uh, – Exactly. I, I want to go back uh, just a little bit. Uh, I have a comment for Jason. Um, you know, when he was, he was asking, well, all these people, when Jesus passed away on the cross, you know, all these, uh, these people were risen from the grave and greeted their family. And how come there's no, uh, no, um, documentation. Manuscripts for it. Yeah. Uh, well, there's, there's the instance where Jesus was walking through a, a city and, uh, all the people were pushing cause they wanted to touch Jesus. And this woman that had a, a blood disease, they called it, um, had touched Jesus robe and she was instantly healed. Um, they didn't mention her name because that wasn't the point. That that wasn't the, well, that wasn't the point of the story. What who that Great woman God. was? The story wasn't about this woman. It was what Jesus' life-saving breath can do for you. Well, when you have skeptics like me who want proof, right? You can't just say, "Well, that's not the point." I mean, that's why we didn't say her name. Say her name. Let us know. I go, go ahead, Miles. I suppose you could research the Apocrypha and the writings of Josephus. I don't right. recall it in there. Um, I've, I've read a number of the Apocrypha accounts, and okay. I have also read some of Josephus. I know where the Jews speak of Jesus living and that he was a sorcerer, so that's their account of Jesus' life. Well, he, um, he seemed so like a my, sorcerer. I mean, when he when he transferred sure. the, the transferred the devils into the pigs, that's an act of sorcery right there. I believe that sounds like well, magic. Uh, if you, well, the Jews believed in healing. The Jews believed in casting out devils. The Jews already believed in these things. So, but they talked about that in the Jewish in the Jewish history. In those accounts, they actually, the reason they address him like that was to discredit him. Because by the time Josephus had basically was writing his history on it, uh -huh. 
uh, Christianity was already established, and they were trying to use it in part to discredit it. Right. No. Uh... So, but it might be that, that specific account that you're in could be in those other manuscripts that I just talked about. Right. I haven't specifically researched that particular topic. Well, I guess I'm going to have to research it because I, I'm... But let, me, let me say this, though. Go ahead, Bob. Let me say this. You want a written letter from each of those 500 people? It's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, honest to God. Honestly. Um, you want to know every single person's name who received the healing? It's not going to happen. Because, honestly, it goes back to Dan's point. This is about Jesus Christ. There, there's plenty of witnesses. There's plenty of testimony in the Bible. Yes. That's, don't waste your time reading these other books. Read the Bible. Ask God. The Bible is alive, by the way. Exactly. There, there's, there's, there's no other book like the Bible. It's let's, actually living. So hey, let's you talk a, to God. Uh-huh. Right. And, and, you, and you tell him you want to know the truth. And by the way, tell him all your hurts. Tell them about how hurt you are that your friend died when you were younger. And basically, tell them all your hurts. In, in all seriousness, I believe that the presence of God will come down and touch you. And well, then you'll the, know that, yeah. it, that it wasn't you. But then I'm again, still, too, though, he Jason needs to realize that just because he's praying to God, He's going to expect God to answer either immediately immediately, or the way he thinks that God's going to answer him. He's got to keep an open mind on signs from God that he knows that God is there. He needs to know that uh, um, it's not going to happen one second after you say amen. It might be a while. Truth. That's well, truth. What, what is this, an intervention? <laughs> well, we're hoping. Hey, hey. Well, um, well we could pray for you right now. <laughs> you, you, it's not know, work. you know what? I want Elder Bob right now to say a prayer. Oh. Go ahead, Elder Bob. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, for this opportunity for us to gather together, even, God, if it's over the airways. Amen. We're gathering together in your name today. And. Jason's among us, God, and I thank you for that also. And I thank you for every person, God, who got to hear every word spoken that truly came from you today, that quick and powerful word, God, that is able, amen, to change lives. And we know, God, that you're more than willing to do that for every single person, God, who will turn to you by faith in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. 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 Hey, we're going to give it five more minutes. Um, anybody else who would like to ask a question to uh, Elder Bob, uh, our number is 720-835-5330. You're going to use the PIN number 05800. The number, once again, 720-835-5330. PIN number 05800. We are talking to Elder Bob Corshane from Meadowbrook Church in Howard, Wisconsin. He, it's an apostolic Pentecostal church. Miles, he's also, you're a member of the church also, correct? Yep, I'm the youth leader, so. Okay, um, Elder Bob, 
one thing I need from you. Yeah. Um, okay. If anybody listening or uh, um, obviously this is going to be edited and put back onto uh, YouTube. If they would like to uh, help your church in one of the ministries, how can they do that? Well, personally, my heart is for, for the word of God. And if I was going to pick a ministry, it would be Bible quizzing for the kids. Um, they get the word in their heart and in their minds. And I'm so impressed at what some of these younger ones are doing. But also, a woman testified a couple of years ago um, at church. She was heading up the Bible quizzing. And she found out that 80% of the kids that were in Bible quizzing stayed in the church when they became adults, and 20% did not. And the numbers were absolutely flipped. 80% of the kids that were never in Bible quizzing left the church, and 20% of those stayed in. So I'll tell you what. Since I learned all these things, the power is in the word, and you could go to the, that's T-H-E, MeadowbrookChurch.com. That's the website, okay. and you're able to um, donate that way. Excellent, excellent. And uh, Miles, you're the youth uh, pastor? Yes. Um, do you also have a ministry that uh, uh, you would like to talk about? Honestly, I, I will tell you this. If you go on uh, the UPCI locator, you type in one of our churches, and my biggest thing is if you just go and experience it, just give it one service and see what God does in your life. Um, That's wherever you are. I don't, I don't care if it's the UK, um, anywhere. So that's no. my suggestion. Okay. Now you had mentioned uh, the churches. There's actually four churches uh, that uh, you're associated with, correct? Uh, I think it's five now. Well, why don't you um, so yeah, why don't you mention we're, we're, them? We're associated. So there's Meadowbrook Church in Howard, uh, Lighthouse to Peer Apostolic. Then there is um, Open Door in Sturgeon Bay. Then there's Living Waters in Algoma, and then there's the Northwoods Church in Cribbett. So those are the uh, churches that we're affiliated with. Oh, uh, there's a new one that just joined, which is um, Pastor Shanky's Church in Medford. I don't remember the name of that one. That one is very new uh, to our specific little area. Our churches, we have churches all over the world, but in our own little regional network, if you will, uh, those are the churches that we're affiliated with directly. And we, uh, we directly uh, support, train, and help those churches. Excellent. Do you, do you train them to think for themselves or just, you, just tell them what they want to hear? Oh, we don't govern them whatsoever. Uh, but by training them is, um, you know, we train their people in sound. Um, we help out in some of the administration things. So the Bible talks about gifts of helps. So that's basically what we do with them. Right. Um, we okay. don't tell them what to preach. There's no pre-written doctrine. We don't tell them anything, really. Uh, but we just help them out. You know, 
the, the church is called, uh, from a church perspective, is the body of Christ. And the body has a lot of members all working for one cause. That's what God wants. All right. So we don't have anything cookie cutter put up for them. Correct. Okay. Uh, I just want to give you two a chance to give us a, a final thought. Take about a minute and just kind of give us a final thought. And by the way, uh, Elder Bob, thank you for the prayer. It's probably not going to work, but it's a thought that counts. So, oh my goodness! <laughs> well, Amen. Hey, I'll I'll hit them upside the head with the Bible later. So go ahead, uh, Elder Bob. We'll, Elder Bob, we'll start with you, and just kind of give us a, a just a little uh, ending uh, closing statement. Okay, I guess my closing statement is earlier in the show. I, I gave my my testimony. Um, I hope you know that. That also helped Jason. I'm living proof um, today, not from 2,000 years ago. And there's many, many more people who are living proof that Jesus Christ is alive and well. So that's what I want to leave with the people. Um, Seek him. You'll find him. He's not far from any one of us. Search the scriptures. See whether these things are so. Go to the book of Acts. And read Acts chapter one and chapter two, and find out you know how how all this really started, the New Testament church, and become a part of it, and you will be blessed. Amen. All right, Miles. Well, from uh, what I thought was a well-informed skeptic myself to a totally reformed Christian, I know that that God is real; that His words real. I've experienced it, and I'm living proof of it. And I thought I knew everything. Uh, I thought I at least knew enough, that, like Jason. And, you know, if you just open yourself up to him even a little bit, God can really change your whole world as he's changed mine. My testimony is a lot like Bob's, but I won't go into it. That's all I got. Um, if, if I can say one, if I can say one more thing, sure, okay. go ahead. Um, I had I had said this earlier, but I am more than willing to teach anyone a home Bible study, even at their own home. They wouldn't even have to leave the house, um, and then they can decide for themselves. And I'll say it this way: I do not teach Bible studies; I teach Bible studies. Okay, I um, second that. Maybe one of you these see days. The difference? Maybe one of these it's days. It's not my word. It's God's word. Right. Maybe one of these days you might go to your church. Um, let me let me just say uh, uh, before we close the show, um, Elder Bob and Miles. After we close the show, we want you to stay on the line. I we need to uh, talk to you a little bit. Okay. Um, Sounds good. Now, uh, for everyone who's listening, uh, if you would like to subscribe to our show on YouTube, uh, we'd really appreciate it. If you have any comments, um, please, whether they're good or bad, please comment. Right. This this video is going to go off the air for a little bit because I'm going to edit it. Uh, I'm not going to edit any of the words, and I'm not going to be putting any words in anybody's mouth. Just to put a picture on and, and put the comments back in. That way, it's it's got a good good clear sound, but every every yes. Sunday at three yeah, every Sunday at three o'clock we're doing this. Uh, next week we have the testimonies of the ex Jehovah's, Jehovah's, Jehovah's Witnesses. So and also you can uh, email us. Yes, it's two guys at a mic at gmail dot com. Go on our Facebook page, uh, facebook dot com slash two guys at a mic, and 
if you want to, that's how you get a hold of us. Or you can go on our blogspot. It's 2GAAM.blogspot.com. And we will, you can send us a message and we'll, we can talk to you then. Or if you want to come on the show and talk about your religion or any other subjects, uh, yeah. just let us know. Now, the unreluctant, before we leave, it's going to take about two minutes. The unreluctant said he wanted to tell a religious joke. He said it was clean. So we're going to go ahead and do it. And he says, um, he says, once I saw this guy on a bridge about to jump, I said, don't do it. He said, nobody loves me. I said, God loves you. Do you believe in God? He says, yes. I said, are you Christian or Jew? He says, a Christian. I said, me too. Protestant or Catholic? He said, Protestant. I said, me too. What franchise? He said, Baptist. I said, me too. Northern Baptist or Southern Baptist? He said, Northern Baptist. I said, me too. Northern Conservative Baptist or Northern Liberal Baptist? He said, a Northern Conservative Baptist. I said, me too. Northern Conservative Baptist Great Lakes Region or Northern Conservative Baptist <laughs> Eastern Region? Uh, he said, Northern Conservative Baptist Great Lakes Region Council of 1879 or Conservative Baptist Great Lakes Region Council of 1912. He said, Northern Conservative Baptist Great Lakes Region Council of 1912. I said, die, heretic. And I pushed him over. I guess that's must be some. I have no I idea. <laughs> it wasn't very funny. I'm reluctant. <laughs> you gotta try better than that. Yeah, you gotta try better than that. <clears throat> anyway, so uh, if uh, you two, uh, Miles and, and Elder Bob, would stay on the line real quick. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and end the show. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, for two guys and a mic, I'm Jason and I'm Dan. Take care of yourselves and have a wonderful yes, week. Question everything, please. This is Atheist Speaking. So, thank you for listening, and we will see you next time.